Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, my God. Jesus. Thank you for the mercies, oh God. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we look to you. We look to you for your great grace, your tender mercies. Lord, we wait on you. Teach us how to wait. Lord, teach us how to wait on you more than thee that watch for the morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, have your way, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Oh, do it again, Jesus. Do it again, do it again, do it again, Lord. Mm. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, have your way in our midst. Have your way, my God. Thank you, Jesus. You are the God of gods. You're the King of Kings. You are the Almighty. You, oh God. You reign in heaven and on earth. We give you the glory. We give you the praises and the honor. My God, my God. Speak to us, oh God. Speak to us. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Move us, Lord, mold us and make us. Give us a mind to serve you. Mind to wait on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Let your name be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Have you eaten, Lord? Have you eaten of a living? Have you eaten of a being? Have you eaten of God? Oh, we come before you this morning, oh God. Oh, that we may know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Lord, send your anointing. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, my God. Lord, as we speak your words, as we say those things that you would have us to say, Lord, we depend on you. Lord, we trust you, we adore you, we bow down before you. Anoint us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your way, Lord, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts, Lord, are not our thoughts, but instill in us the mind of Christ. Lord, change our hearts. Change our minds. Visit us, we pray. Have mercy upon us, O God. Have mercy on our nation. Have mercy, Lord, for the things we utter from our lips, from our behaviors, from our attitudes, our minds, our motivations, my God. Lord, we look to you. Lord, remember your house. Your household, my God. Those that stand in your house, in your name. Father, help us, O God, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. In the name of Jesus. Ah, oh, my God. Mm, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, new awakening, my God. Hey, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let you be glorified. My God, my God. The things that men hold near and dear are separated, Lord, removed from mankind. My God, help us to keep our eyes on you. We pray for your people everywhere, Lord. We plead your mercies, your grace. Your grace is sufficient, my God, and your strength is made perfect in weakness. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open our minds, O oh God, that we may walk according to your ways. Father, we pray for all those who speak in your name. Lord, that we may hear from you first before we speak. Oh God, send that separation among us. My God, my God, help us to be pure, purge ourselves, Lord, 
that we may be vessels unto honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. A pleasant good morning to you, you and you. Brother Brown here this morning, and uh, today's Saturday, March 28th. 2020, and I know it is somewhat out of the norm for us to get together on a Saturday morning at this time. But the Bible still says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And this is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. If you will recall, on Monday, I believe it was, we had some. Uh, technical difficulties and we were not able to actually complete the program. In fact, we had not started it and we felt the leading of the Holy Spirit to bypass that day and likewise, we felt led by the Lord to come here today. There are many that probably have never heard nor seen the program and we believe that it's God's will that we are here at this time. Again, this is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. Today is Saturday, March 28th. We're studying the book of Acts. And uh, our topic today, Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. Paul made a determination to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. We see where previously the Holy Spirit had forbid him from preaching in Asia, and Paul was now headed to Jerusalem to be there by the day of Pentecost, and he thought it best not to stop in Ephesus because he wanted to be at Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost. In our studies we see we are in Acts chapter 14 it says who in times past Acts chapter 14 verses 16 and 17 who in times past that is God in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. So our understanding is that the Lord, having chosen Israel as an holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a nation of kings unto himself, then allowed the other nations to walk in their own ways. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes, and he had let them sow. God manifested himself, came to Israel. He was of the seed of David. He came to his own, his own received him not. He preached and he taught among them, instructed his disciples while he was yet in the flesh not to go in the ways of the Gentiles nor into any cities of the Samaritans. Why? Because he had suffered the other nations to walk in their own ways. A proper understanding of the word is necessary 
that we might be edified, that we might learn one from another. So when he came, he said, he came, not to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. He said he was not sent, but to the law sheep of the house of Israel. So we know the things he said and did while he walked in the flesh pertain, for the most part, to Israel. It's necessary that we have the paradigms of understanding the post, the goalposts set so we have the boundaries when we study scripture so we know what applies where. So the teachings of Jesus Christ when he was known after the flesh was to Israel. He was made a high priest under the law to fulfill the promises made unto the fathers. So he came to Israel. But as we progress, the word tells us, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. So we have to recalibrate our minds, our thinking, to properly understand what Jesus is teaching the world now through the olive tree. The natural branches being the Jews, the wild olive tree being the Gentiles engrafted into Christ, where he broke down the middle wall of partition and made of twain one. So the teaching to that one olive tree is different from the teaching to Israel and the Gentiles who were allowed to walk in their own ways. We are studying Acts chapter 20 today and Yesterday, we pointed out to you that there was an uproar. Yes, there was an uproar and the town's clerk had settled the people. Paul wanted to go into the theater, but he was forbidden by friends because many knew that the adversary was so determined to cause problems for the believers, those who walked in the ways of Christ, that they persuaded Paul not to go in the temple, the town clerk was able to defuse the situation and Paul called his disciples onto him and embraced them and made a determination to go elsewhere. Acts chapter 20. And after the uproar had ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there abode three months. And when the Jews had laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. So here it was Paul. After that uproar had ceased, after the problems that occurred, he called his disciples unto him and headed to Macedonia. When he had gone there and spent some time with them, he then came into Greece, abiding there about three months. But then the Jews who were persecuting him, following from place to place because they felt that he taught things different, contrary to their traditions, laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria. They set a trap for him, so he determined 
to return through Macedonia. So they were looking for him one way and he made up in his mind to return another way. And they accompanied him into Asia, Sopeta of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus and Theophimus. These going before tarried for us at Troas. And if you notice, verse 5 says, These going before tarried for us at Troas. It tells us that Luke was in the company of Paul waiting at Troas while the others I just mentioned went before. Yes, they went before, but the rest stayed with Paul at Troas. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came to them, came unto them, to Troas in five days where we abode seven days. So on this missionary journey, there was movement. There was movement from city to city, place to place, preaching and teaching the word of God. The apostles and disciples were not just set in one building, one city, one location, but they were taking the message as they were committed by the Lord to the various cities and nations. They went into all the world, the known world at that time, and they preached the gospel. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber, where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is still in him. Now upon the first day of the week, the Sunday, the disciples came together to eat, break bread, pour, preach unto them. He was going to leave the next day and his speech continued for a while. In fact, until midnight, the lights were now turned on. They were now on the third floor in a building. They were upstairs. There were many lights there. And there was a window. A certain young man, Eutychus, the preaching went on for a long time. He sat in the window and fell in a deep sleep and as Paul continued to preach he sunk down leaned over and fell down from the third love you have to be careful where you sit in church let me say that again you have to be careful where you sit in church where you sit in church helps to determine what you see if you sit up front you can see everybody if you sit up front and face that way, you can see everybody that's in front of you. If you sit in back, you can see all the people and all the preachers. If you sit along the sides, you're going to have to look over your shoulders. But if you sit in the window, you're going to be able to see both inside and outside. So this young man, he being young, 
sat in the window. He was able to look on the outside. And he was also able to sit and look on the inside. So his focus, his mind, was to see both places. And as the preaching went on, he began to feel sleepy, but because of where he chose to sit, he fell from the window. As he doubled over in sleep, he fell down. And Paul, and I suppose others, had to leave the service from upstairs, leave the service going on, and go down to him. When Paul went down, he was not dead. His life was still in him. Wherefore, Paul told the others that they should not trouble themselves. Don't be overly concerned. Yes, he fell from the third floor, but he was not dead. When he therefore was come up again, and had broken bread, and eaten, and talked a long while, even until break of day, so he departed. And when they brought the young men alive, and were not a little comforted, we went before to ship and sail unto Assos. There intended, intending to take in Paul, for so he had appointed, minding himself to go afoot. What do we have here? Eutychus had fallen from the window, yet taken a terrible fall. He probably was unconscious, but not dead. So when Paul and the others went and brought him up and they prayed for him, yes, they brought him up, prayed for him, they broke bread, they ate, they continued talking for a while, even until the break of day, and then he departed. And they brought the young man alive. He did not die from that terrible fall. However, Sometimes we can put ourselves in positions where we endanger our lives. We got to get in the body. Find a place among the believers to sit. That you are single-eyed, fully focused upon what is transpiring within the confines of where you are. But if you put yourself in a place where your mind wander here and wander there, and you look a little bit here, after a while, you're not sure what your focus ought to be and you will fall. And then you stop the whole thing because others will have to come and rescue you. So they were comforted when this young man was brought back and he was alive. They prayed over him and the Lord restored him. And we went before to ship. So here it says, and we went before to ship. So Luke and his companions went before Paul and sailed into Assos. And we went. They're intending to take in Paul. For he had so appointed, minding himself to go afoot. Paul had a task. And as he journeyed, he would tell others of the goodness of Jesus. Going afoot, he knew that he would encounter people on the way, and as he walked, he talked about the Lord. He told others, and he told the rest of his company, you go ahead, you take shipping, but I will walk. It's going to take a little while longer, but he's going to encounter people on the way. You don't have to wait for individuals to determine that they're going to take the whole ship and witness. If everybody on a ship is going to witness, there is just so much crew, so much passengers, so much people on the ship, and the ship is totally covered. 
Paul, understanding these matters, determined to go afoot that the people who weren't on the ship would still have an opportunity to hear the message from him. A lot of times, the captains of the ships wants to have all of that under control. They want to get all the fares, all the passengers, everything under their control so they determine when the message go forth, who paid, all that kind of stuff. Not so. Paul knew that there were others who weren't on board the ship and he determined to bring the good news to them. And when he met with us at Assos, we took him in. So when Paul catch up with where the ship was, in Assos, they took him in and came to Mytilene, and we sailed thence, and came the next day over against Chios, and the next day we arrived at Samos, and tarried at Troigilium, and the next day we came to Miletus. So they were going from poor to city to city. They were encountering people on the way on this missionary journey. They were going. We see where individuals with ulterior motives have caused the continuance, the spread of the word not to take place. They must have control of wherever the believers go, but not so. The believers are free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. They are free to come in. And go, just like they came in freely, they ought to be free because the Son set them free to go out. You can't set your pot on fire because some people came and start supporting your ministry. Your God is your belly. You start setting your pot on the fire because the Lord sends some people to tarry with you for a little while, then you put them in bondage. Not so. Then the word says, the next day we arrived at Samos, tarried at Trochilium, and the next day we came to Miletus. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted. Can you imagine a man Ignoring a sailing boat, ignoring a ship that moved much faster than he did, walked on foot, but he was in haste. For he hasted if it were possible for him. He hasted if it was possible for him. With God, all things are possible, but not with us. We have missions to carry out. We have people to meet, places to go. But Paul was in a haste. He was running with patience. He hasted, if it were possible, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is a recurring day. It was a feast of the Jews, the feast of weeks. Paul, being Jewish, was an observant of the feast. But the rest of the church did not have Pentecostal responsibilities, but the Jews did. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached a message of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, many Jews had come up from various nations for that celebration. And Paul was now going up for that remembrance, that celebration of the Feast of Pentecost, because he was an Israelite. Now, in verse 17, it tells us, by the way, we must realize and understand 
that the church is not Pentecostal. The church abides in the apostles' doctrine. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Jesus was an apostle. The apostles, he sent apostles. Jesus, God instituted the day of Pentecost as a shadow and a type, mm -hmm. a lesser light to rule the night. A lesser light to rule when men are, when men are surrounded by darkness. But when the sun comes, bright as the noonday sun, yes, the greater light comes when we have a deeper understanding. So the church abided in the teachings of the apostles and not the shadow and types. But Paul being an Israelite, an Hebrew of the tribe of Benjamin, had the customs, the traditions, the covenants, that were implemented for the nation of Israel to the Jews first. So he went up to Jerusalem if it were possible. It was not a total obligation for Paul anymore, but a possibility that he might get together with the various groups that would come up to keep the Feast of Weeks. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. It's very important that we understand that while Paul was at Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. There was a plurality of elders in the church. And Paul sent and called all of them. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, of what manner I have been with you all at all seasons. You know, from the first day I came, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. You know my life. You saw how I live. You know that. He said, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. He said, you know these things. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. But I've showed you and I've taught you publicly, listen to this, from house to house. He did not restrict them to any particular building, any particular location. He did not undertake a building fund and set up any temple, synagogue, or central place of gathering, but he taught publicly the marketplace by the river, wherever he went, on foot and people he encountered, he taught publicly, and then from house to house. Many houses that have taught in a central location things about God are not teaching God in their own homes. But Paul taught publicly and from house to house. You've got to have your own private devotions, own Bible studies, own private devotions. And Paul taught them publicly and from house to house. They had a liberty. They had a freedom. Nobody was telling them, oh, you can't have service in your house because 
uh-uh-uh, you get away from here with that false doctrine and that false teaching and your desire for the preeminence and domination. He taught them publicly and from house to house. Oh, we don't want to have another church in it. Why is one church that the Lord built? Wherever it chooses together, that's his prerogative, not yours. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance towards God. And faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at that a little bit. Repentance toward God, which is spirit. And faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the manifestation of God. The word becoming flesh, dwelling among us. There are different kinds of flesh. There's a terrestrial flesh, an earthly flesh. And there's a celestial body, an earthly body. And a heavenly body. Now God is spirit at all times except in his manifestation, except in his appearances. So Paul was testifying to the Jews and to the Greeks that repentance toward God was necessary. Mankind had turned away from the spiritual aspect, from the covering of God, from the spirit. Man had turned and he began to see himself. He began to see his naked flesh. He was no longer spiritual. He was no longer godly. He had become ungodly and had become carnal. So it was necessary that repentance toward God is implemented. Man needed to turn back to God. So repentance is being godly sorrowful for sins committed, turning away from them and turning unto God, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. But how is this done? is done through faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He had an earthly body before his crucifixion, our Lord Jesus Christ. So our faith has to be through him. He's our Lord. He is our master, the manifestation, the localization of our God. While he walked in Israel in the flesh, he is the Lord and King of Israel. But then after his passion, he then had a celestial body. The body that the Lord tells us about, the angels, neither male nor female, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but on this earth, he that made them at the beginning made them male and female. A body with restrictions. A body that's able to engage in reproductive activities. You have a lot of fallen people talking about there's neither male nor female using that pretext to do all manner of ungodly things. Men marrying men, women marrying women, women leaving their first estate, the place of habitation that God gave them, going over to a different estate, men doing likewise. But the Lord said, in Christ, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels. But that is when you enter into the celestial state. 
but into the terrestrial, we are male and female. Don't bring that lying, demonic spirit and try to twist and manipulate the word of God. You either are a man or you're a woman and you can't change that. You can't cut off the appendages. You're still a male. You can add appendages. You're still a female. You can get out of your first estate, but you're held bound in chains until that day. God made it so. Paul said he was testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. For us to come to God, we must first believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. But it comes through Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So for us to come and have repentance toward God, it starts with faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. The principles of the doctrine are necessary. We have to have an understanding of what the principles of the doctrine are. Repentance, faith, baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Let me say that again. And eternal judgment. All God's ways are judgment. Everything that he does and all things are of him. So the principles of the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, the apostles' doctrine, are repentance, faith, baptism, laying of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So Paul continued and said, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Paul now expressed something that many don't understand. He said, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit. Your bodies can be free, free to go here and there, but your spirit can be bound. Likewise, your spirit can be free, but your body is bound. So there's a natural man and there's a spiritual man. We must understand. We must, by the Spirit, bring the outer man, the flesh, into subjection. And Paul said he was bound in spirit. There is a duality. The flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. So we have a situation where... We can be free in our spirits, but bound in body. Or free in our bodies and bound in spirit. Paul was bound in the spirit. He says, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Paul didn't get on Facebook and, you know, that game that they have, you punching, whatever, whatever. What's going to happen to you next year? He didn't do that. He was not into divination. In fact, a young lady that was following him around, talking things of divination, he cast out that spirit of divination. Paul wasn't into divination. He was an apostle. He said he did not know the things that would befall him in Jerusalem. He said, however, the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Bonds and affliction await him. The Holy Spirit was his comforter, his teacher, his instructor. 
Let the Holy Spirit be your teacher, your instructor, your comforter. Get away from divination. Get away from the witches and the sorcerers. Those running here and there trying to give you a word. Got a word for you. They're going to drop a word on you and all that kind of... Get away from those spirits of divination. Those sorcerers. Leave them alone. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what awaits you. But Paul then said, but none of these things move me. The things that are going on, we ought not to be moved by them. Affliction, sorrow, tribulation, persecution, plagues, threatenings of war and rumors of war, earthquakes in diverse places. We have both a body and a spirit. And if this only outer tabernacle be dissolved. We have a building of God reserved in the heavens. We ought not to fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But if this might, oh, the tabernacle be dissolved, I know I have a building of God in heaven. The Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. But none of these things move me. Listen to this. Neither count I my life dear unto me, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. If you start loving your life, you're going to lose it. If you are so enamored with the life and the lifestyle that you presently have, it's going to be taken away from you. If you are so overly preoccupied with the buildings and the trappings of this life, oh, by the way, many of those things are put on hold right now. We ought not to let none of these things move us, nor count our lives dear unto us. Why? That we might finish our course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. We mustn't let these things move us. Now, if you receive the ministry from Jesus Christ, you know that only Jesus can move you from it. But if you receive the ministry of men, then you are threatened by men and you become their servant. Don't let any of these things move you. Don't count your life dear. Finish your course and the ministry with joy that you receive of the Lord Jesus. Be at liberty when the sunset free is free indeed. And then Paul said, and now behold, I know, and now behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Paul knew that he would not return that way. He knew they would not see him in the flesh anymore. He says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. So he says, I'm going on the record. I'm pure. I did my job as a watchman. He said, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I told you everything that the Lord gave for me, gave me to give you. Then he gave his warning. He said, take ye therefore unto yourself, pay attention. And to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, a plurality of overseers, not a dominant individuals. None of that in God's church. Take heed therefore all the elders. He was speaking to all the elders. You're not the boss in here. You're not the body, boss in God's church. Nowhere. 
one boss in his church, and that is he who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. <laughs> Take heed therefore unto yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, not yourself. Feed the church of God. Use the tithes and offering and feed the people. Feed them with the bread of heaven and with the bread of earth. Feed the church of God. Don't sell them food. You're a profiteer. Don't sell them food. Feed them. Their own money. They paid for it already. They collected their money and they charge them again. Feed the church of God both with the words of God and with the food of men. Man cannot live by bread alone, but he needs bread. Feed him. Which God had purchased with his own blood. Listen to this. Paul then said, For I know this. You all think I'm an idiot. Yes, but I know this. That after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not spearing the flock. A whole bunch of wolves dressed up in sheep clothing every Sunday morning, ripping off the flock. I know this. Yes, I know. That after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not spearing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise. Some of you all, yes. Speaking perverse things. Handling the word of God deceitfully. Taking something from over here that applied to one condition and put it over here. Leading captain silly women laden with sin that you might fleece them. Also of your own self shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Get people to follow you. The Bible says, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears, crying, warn you, crying, tell you, be careful. And now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Paul then stated, he declared, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. I didn't covet your clothes, your money. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, you know yourselves that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. One more time. These hands ministered to my necessities and to the necessities of them that were with me. I didn't live off the church. I didn't manipulate the church and twist the church and take a scripture from over there to extort the church. I didn't covet anyone's silver or gold or clothes. You know that I have ministered unto my necessities and those that were with me. Paul was a tent maker. He was in business. He said, I've showed you all things. How that so laboring you ought to support the weak. Hello, somebody. Get a job. Get a job and support the weak. The Bible said they laid the things they had at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man as they had need. It wasn't this fat pastor and skinny church. It wasn't this gluttonous pastor and starving church. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there be meat in my house. 
tithes and the offerings are for the whole church, widows, orphans, all of them in the church, not for you. Let's get to the book. No gluttonous pastor, no pastor whose God is his belly. Now worshiping the chariot that he have, worshiping the things of this world. I have showed you all things. You need to get a job or you ought to be laboring to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You tell it to the people, but you don't do it yourself. You tell them, say, yes, they must give to you and you will do the receiving. You are a lying demon. You ought to be distributing to the necessity of the church. Individuals in trouble come to you and you tell them, horse dead and cow fat, and you turn them away and tell them you're going to pray for them. God is going to charge you and remove you from your place. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. You notice what he did, he didn't pray for them. A whole bunch of people come, oh, all those in need of prayer come and I'll pray for you. They're making up stuff. You close your eyes, their hands in your pocket. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them. He had his eyes closed too. He kneeled down and prayed with them. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. Our topic today, Paul determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. Sometimes you have to sail by certain places with a determination, a heart fix, and a mind made up that you have another task to do. God bless you, my friends. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, God, that you have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We thank you, God, that you humbled yourself, being found in fashion as a man. You walked in humility. And today, oh God, we open this way to everyone, ministers of reconciliation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. They can come boldly to you in freedom. They can come and they can go. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends.